This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Well, hello, and welcome back to our third episode of Voices of the Peace. My name is Ted Sloan, and before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we're filming on the traditional territory of the Denezal. Uh, I'd also like to say thank you. Thank you for watching so much. This is our third episode. We are hearing great feedback, and it's so nice to hear. So here we are. I have a very special guest, and it is on Voices of the Peace, brought to you by Urban Systems and Blue Wave Energy. So my next guest, uh, I was trying to think of all the ways to introduce her. Um, uh, you will know her as one of the mayors of Fort St. John. You may know her as one of the most fiercest advocates of the peace. You may know her, uh, as we talked about, as grandma. Uh, but you will definitely recognize her. We're really honored to have uh, former Mayor Ackerman as our next guest. I just want to say, hey, how's it going? How are you? Fabulous. You look fabulous. Thank you. I do. We know we've talked about this before. Uh, your hair is wonderful, and I aspire to it one Thank day. You. I did the Lisa Laflamme thing. Yes. I respect mm -hmm. that, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And it's way cheaper. <laughs> I'm half Scottish, so. Really? Mm -hmm. that, I, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a whole list of questions. One of my questions I wanted to ask is, you were in, involved in local politics for so long, and off mic you mentioned it was it's a great public service I was curious, what was it like to be a mayor of a small northern town uh, for as long as you were, and part of council, because before you were mayor, of course, you were a council. So what what were some of those experiences like? Yeah, um, six years on council and then 11 years as mayor, it was um, probably the most um, exciting opportunity to provide service to the community. Um it could get a little overwhelming at times. There's a lot of things that you need to get your head wrapped around and understand to make decisions. And so it does take a lot of prep time. But honestly, anyone thinking that they might want to run for council someday, they're more than welcome to reach out to me and I'd be happy to have that conversation. Well, because I was, I mean, I think it was between you and Councillor Boland seeing who had been on council longer at one point. Um, what made you... 2002? Was that the first or early 2000s? 2005. 2005. Yeah. Well, and he came on in 2008. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're still winning. But um, what made you want to throw your hat into the ring for council? It's in my DNA. It's, um, I have a um, couple of cousins who were also on councils in their community. And my grandfather actually was an MLA. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, that's it's we've talked off off air. It's funny because I, I remember you before you were on council. Um, but the last two years have kind of seemed like a lifetime. So to me, you're just mayor. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize that you had family in in politics. Actually, I wanted to take political science when I was um, graduating high school. My mother wouldn't let me because my grandfather died of a heart attack in politics. And she felt that that's what killed him. So um, I'm sure my mother will scold me when I get to heaven for telling these stories over and over again. <laughs> um, but honestly, that's, you know, if I had the opportunity to go back to school, it would be for uh, law or political science or both. Well, do you think 
Do you think that it would have prepared you more to be a mayor to do that or that you learn a lot on the job or a bit of both? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think the political science would have been a lot of the theory. Um, but before I got onto council, because I'm a geek like this, I actually went and took courses to understand my role and my responsibility as a member of council. And um, it was really helpful to do that because in a governance situation, you govern, you don't operate, your staff operate. Okay. And over the years, I've had a few members of council who want to dive into the minutiae or they want to, you know, get into the operations. And I just smile and say, if you'd like to give me your resume, I'll submit it for you. So, in, so what that means, I guess, is this is how I understood the school board, since I'm a school teacher, is that the school board helped lead and that the staff, you, you would help make recommendations to them. They would find out options and then present. And then you got to make the tough decisions as to this is a good option. This is a good option. Can you look into that? So is that kind of how council works? So council would create policy. And so there's different, um, if, if you're looking at policy, you can create a policy that says, um, um, we want we want to be the greenest community going, okay. right? So that means that the staff are going to go out there and use the most reasonable interpretation and make that happen, which could really scatter their uh, attention. Or if you slim that down and you say, when we build the RCMP detachment, we want it to be net zero and um, mass timber. So now you've got staff focused on that one project. So your policies matter and you have to you have to understand how your policies hit the ground and how they impact but you aren't the ones out there uh, dealing with that so if you have created a policy that is being interpreted wrong or sorry not wrong because using reasonable interpretation they're not wrong but it just kind of skidded sideways then council has to be brave enough to pull that policy back in and say, you know what, we screwed up and we need to redo this. That's, that makes more sense. Uh, I'm curious, linking the two questions together, you have counsel and you, you have people to talk to. Did you, with family members doing other politics, did you have anyone that you looked up to and you said, hey, I'm kind of stuck? Or did you have books that you read or, or, or wisdom that you followed when you were mayor? Um, interesting you asked that question. The, the one I looked up to the most was my dad, who was never in politics, but was, um, who, but followed politics very closely because he was an entrepreneur and he took, uh, an innovation of his from concept to commercialization, which is why I had so much fun at SciTech North before getting on council. And, um, and so he wasn't a politician, but he, he really, um, paid attention to what was going on. And between my dad and, you know, the folks like um, Winston Churchill, I've, I've, um, I've admired Winston. I, I like his dry sense of humor um, and uh, some of the, the quips that he's come up with over the years. But um, no, I would say my dad is mostly the, the guy that I refer to. Was he, and I, I apologize for asking, did he get to see you elected as mayor? He, no. Elected, but not as mayor. I'm really, 
I'm sure you two will have a great conversation when you get to see each other. He sounds like a very special man. Thank you. Um, yeah. I was going to switch a little bit and say, you've seen lots of things as mayor. It's 2005. <laughs> Just to give uh, you know some context, I graduated in 2007. So you, you've been mayor all my adult life, which is fantastic. Uh, wow. That's it. Well, but it's <laughs> one of the things that I would, would say as a testament is I remember in 2007, everyone wanted to get out. Like in, in high school, everyone says, let's move away. Mm -hmm. And then my wife and I in 2017 looked yep. all across the country and said, where do we move back to? Yep. And we said, well, Fort St. John is is the best place for us professionally. And we had roots here, but it, yep. that's a that's a big testament. I was going to ask what over those last years, has there been anything that you've really enjoyed that a team that you got to be part of a project you got to work on or memories that you're going to treasure more than others? Oh, quite a few of them. But just l let me tell you that there is an economic theory that says, and this is the one that I focused on um, always over the years. Uh, you build a community where your children grow up. They go and get their post-secondary education. And when they say, where do we want to live and where do we want to raise our kids? They're going, you know what? We need to go back home because we had really good childhoods there. So that's the beauty of the success of building a community as we have for uh, young families and trying to incorporate activities for seniors for year-round activity. Uh, some of the things that we're really proud of, I, I got to tell you, so just on the, the note of um, activity, um, keeping that uh, walking running track as a free amenity, uh, indoor amenity. We have never charged for the use of that unless someone wanted to rent it for um, a certain um, period of time. Um, you know, some of the things, I guess, uh, the work that we did, you know, with uh, Doig River First Nations. Um, and also signing the MOU with Prophet River First Nations, allowing the new council to further that um, that project with Prophet River, um, you know, and and having um, halfway and blueberry purchase land inside the city as well, and uh, being able to see that come to fruition because we've been told that the uh, Doig River First Nations, Nache Commons, and the other two pieces of land that became IR land um, back in June, I think it was May or June, um, that was the first intentional IR land within a municipality in British Columbia. Other municipalities grew up around where the First Nations were, right? Because mm -hmm. where the First Nations village was, was the best land. Whereas here they've been um, pushed out further north and and then further north again, and so um, th they're they're coming back home and they're investing their money back into Getaqua. It's been really neat. Well, neat hearing you talk about this and seeing uh, the the thought behind your eyes that goes into this. I know we bumped into each other a couple of years ago, and you taught me a lot about um, the TR or the yeah the TRU. TRC, there we are. Um, did, and now you're in a new position. Um, as a mayor, you get a lot of things that you're asked to think about. Um, what made your commitment? You've really, your education has, has grown. You've helped educate people about the, the peoples who are always here. Mm -hmm. Did anything spark that? Or did someone come to you? Or did you just go, this is the right thing to do? You know, I think that um, having that MOU signed back in 2010, just a year before, 
um, I became the mayor um, really sparked my, the whole, oh, I should know a little bit more about this. And um, then a lot of the things that triggered it along the way, things that came up in the Supreme Court of Canada, um, um, the, um, the, the books that were written by Robin and uh, Gillian Riddington, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about the history of the beaver people here in Northeast BC and, and uh, um, really helped to whet my appetite. And so... That, along with, uh, you know, a, a U of A course on Indigenous Canada and just understanding things a little bit better and talking to some of the elders, um, Jerry, uh, Jerry Attachi said to me, Laurie, you need to get this book. And so I, as I'm sitting there listening to him, you know, I got the iPad out and I'm ordering this book and it comes in and I ordered it for one chapter, mm-hmm. right? It's... Um, uh, Thomas R. Berger wrote a book called One Man's Justice, and every chapter is a case, a, a, a legal case that he was he dealt with. Okay. And he was also on the uh, Mackenzie Pipeline case. But there's one chapter in there called The Montney Treasure. And anyone operating or anyone running a business in this region should read that chapter because it is the court case that uh, the Fort St. John Indian Band took to the Supreme Court to get their, um, that big, um, result back in the, uh, oh, was it the eighties? I'm I'm, going to have to get the book and read it. Yeah. It is really good. Or you can come over to my place and sit down, read it if you want. I would love that. Mm -hmm. But, oh, okay. So that leads me to my next question, because I don't, you're from, I want to say you're from, are you from the prairies originally? I am a prairie girl. Yeah. Uh, what, what made you lay stakes here and go, this is my town. These are my people. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to stay living. Did it, was it intentional or is it kind of like the Fort St. John thing where you get a five-year plan and 30 years later, you're still here? Yeah, I think it was a two-year plan. But yes, you're <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I came up here with a young family and stayed and, and, uh, two thirds of my children are here and, um, you know, and they're, they're doing very well. And so. Um, the other third comes up for a visit and so she's, uh, she's doing very well, but, uh, yeah, this is where my, my family is and this is where my friends are. It's, it's my community. Um, well, there's other questions, but I want to ask is, um, as a mayor, did you have a favorite part of the job? Was there a part that you looked forward to most going, hey, I did this or I got to see these people or I got to help this come into or I got to help this person achieve that? It's a it's a big question that I'm kind of springing on you. But is you know, I'll I'll never forget the, the little um, the kids that came with their classroom. Mm-hmm. What's that? Grade three where they teach. Yeah, they start teaching civics and they have the coolest questions. <laughs> And I remember, you know, because and I would always bring the chain of office when I met with the class because it is a piece of history. So just so you know, on okay. January 1st, 2023, Fort St. John will be 75 years old. Okay. It was um, it was incorporated as a village then. It was around for quite some time prior to that. Uh, well, about 125 years before <laughs> that in one way, shape or form. But uh, we will be celebrating 75 years. So I'm going to miss you know, being the mayor at that point. But anyway, um, bringing this piece of history to show the children and uh, letting them put it on. And they thought it was so exciting. 
And um, there was there was two incidences with one class. Uh, I'll tell you the um, um, this little girl goes home and she said, "Mom, did you know a girl can be the mayor?" She was so blown away because she thought you had to be a boy to be the mayor. And I was just so overwhelmed. And I've had several messages from moms who have said, thank you. Well, the other one, absolutely priceless. And um, the teacher said, after, you know, we had finished our talk about what, you know, the mayor does. The teacher said, um, so who here would like to be the mayor? And all the hands shot up, except for one little girl wearing a little pink parka. And I looked at her and I said, you don't want to be the mayor? And she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, no, I'm going to get a real job. And I thought, all right. <laughs> kids are, kids are as a high school teacher, the things that they come out here, it's like, oh, you're not, that's your opinion. That's, they're great. You know, it was priceless. And, um, and I know, and I know what she meant. Mm-hmm. because um, it is not, um, it should never be considered a career. It's a community service. And uh, I've never considered it to be a career. So I uh, welcomed her thoughts. Okay, well then, uh, and question that you can say yes or no to, mm-hmm. uh, you were mayor for, for quite a few years, I would say. Um, my que- twofold question is, one, is there anything that said, hey, uh, I, I put in my time, I'm gonna, now's the time to go. Or my other question is, is did you mean to be mayor as long as you were? Um, did you go, I'm going to go in for another four? Or was it, again, you made a plan and it just kept happening? The only plan I had was in 2005, I said I would do two terms and then run for mayor. And if I was unsuccessful, then say la vie. And so I was successful. And then um, I felt comfortable in uh, 2014. So I put my name in again and was acclaimed. And then in uh, 2018, I was very comfortable in the position. And so I thought, why not? And then, you know, uh, 22 came around and um, Andy and I were really humming and hawing about our our future and what we wanted to do. And um, the two of us, I mean, anyone that knows the two of us knows that we aren't going anywhere and we will always be involved. We just don't need to be involved at that point. So still a lot of energy you know, between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just decided that, uh, you know, we were going to just not miss any more birthdays and, you know, um, and not uh, spend an hour and a half in Safeways or <laughs> or uh, save on or no frills trying to get uh, groceries. So I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was happy and also uh, sad at the same time. Happy to, to hear of your new position, which at, at this point in taping, um, you haven't taken, but by the time this comes out, you have. Mm-hmm. Um, there, You didn't get much of a break after you went from mayor straight to your new position. Uh, if you if you do relax, do you, well, what do you do to relax? Like, I know I've heard, I've heard you talk about your garden and I have, you've, you make a mean jam is some of my understanding. Mm. Do you, do you relax? Do you have to relax? Um... Oh, you know, relaxing for us is because uh, Andy and I are both extroverts. He's worse than me. Love you, but <laughs> you're worse than me. Um, so for us, it's about engaging with friends, um, you know, neighbors, family. 
And um, we're both, you know, I got to, I got to tell you, even when we're on holiday, we, our pact is one hour to catch up every day because then things don't slide. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what we do. We just feel better that we've, we've connected, we've, you know, any issues going sideways, you know, we've, we've dealt with it. So for us, it's, um, you know, going away, putting our toes in the sand and um, just enjoying and um, and trying to learn a little bit more about uh, wines and what foods they go with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Vince over at Ideal is fabulous with that and, and just, you know, enjoying life a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Okay, then talking about life, uh, my next question is, is being a mayor, are there any life lessons that you learned or lessons about life that you went, hey, this has really taught me to slow down or this has really taught me to listen more or this has taught me the power of saying not yet? Has there been lessons? Well, I'll tell you. So, you know, we talked about my dad earlier. He always said, um, he, he always had a saying and I, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you always believe your parents? Well, you get to a certain age where, yes, you do. Um and so a couple of things um, he always said, when you hear someone speak about someone or an issue, you learn more about them than you do about the person they're speaking about or the issue. And that is so true. And there's a lot of people in pain out there. And my, my other lesson was haters are going to hate. And you just cannot take ownership of their anger. Um, it's been a tough time for everybody. Some people have managed it really well. Others have not. And I think that uh, the, uh, the powers that be have um, quite the, uh, um, the road to hoe when it comes to dealing with mental health. Well, okay. Uh your choice uh, questions. Um, when you were just talking about the, the the team ahead, well, actually, let's go this way. How how much does a council and mayor? How much do you get to see them? Like, I know that you have you have meetings every every set so often, uh, and then you disappear off my radar. But I can see you at events and things. But how often do you come together as a council and 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 work side by side, mm -hmm. or is it just a lot of emails? Like how 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 often would you get to sit down with with them? Um, I would say, um, so it, it depends on what's going on. Um, I when I took the mayor's chair, the previous term, we did nothing in between meetings and that's not the way I manage things. Okay. Um, I was always taught that, um, when you t take on a position, you start mentoring others because you could get hit by a bus. Right. So, um, because when I took the mayor's chair, I was really unaware of a lot of things that were going on. We all were. I said to the staff, when I'm invited to a meeting, uh, whether it's an oil and gas company that wants um, to meet or whether it's a, a forestry company or, you know, ministers coming to town, then council gets invited. They need to be aware of what's going on. And so the workload uh, from the um, 2008, 2011 council from 2011 onwards was like hair back in the wind. Um, but 
they weren't required to be at the meetings. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to know what was going on, and I'm opening the door for you to come to that meeting, then why wouldn't you? And so there's a, a lot that uh, we saw each other from uh, 2011 on. Well, I think something that I learned uh, when I was moderating the forum even is there's just so much to know as mm -hmm. a mayor. You you uh, you are truly a, a lake uh, wide, but then you also have to be a lake deep about it. Um, is that, to me, that would be really interesting because you get to know a lot. Was that a, a kind of a neat part of the job is getting to know all these things or, or was it tiring or both? It was really neat. And, um, and you know, the, the beautiful part about some of it is when uh, people who um, think that you don't know what the hell you're doing, pardon me, um, <laughs> you know, and they, they start in about something and you're going, yeah, no, that's not how it works. You and I both know that. You know, I've been at uh, events where I've been, you know, speaking and um, you have someone off on the side heckling you about something. And I just um, turned to them and said, you are giving me permission to open your file right here and right now where this ends. And they just shut right up because they knew they were in a room with all of their colleagues and it was about to uh, backfire. So, you know, when you, when you start paying attention to what's going on and yeah, there's tons of files and there's also, you need to know who manages what and who you know, the, the city has gotten itself into different agreements over the years, over the decades. And how did we get there? And why did, you know, what was the intention behind that? And that's why sometimes you'll hear me at the council table saying, this resolution needs to stand the test of time. And if you don't, if, if you leave anything ambiguous in it, Mm -hmm. future councils, future staff, when the corporate memory is not there, they may not understand it. So it's, um, you have to be able to um, really emphasize the intention in a resolution. It, it sounds, well, it's, it's a neat thing to realize that when your council are, it, the amount of responsibility that you guys take saying, hey, we're going to make a decision, we're going to scrutinize it. Because in, yeah, the next council may look at her this. Uh, I don't know if, if a lot of people realize how much thought you put into decisions, um, which probably takes a lot of brain power and a lot of coffee. Well, it's not just how much we put into it, but also the staff. Like people have to understand that a lot of what we do is regulated. We have no choice. It's how we manage through the regulations to provide a service that fits our community and the vision that our community has laid out in our official community plan. Because mm -hmm. that's kind of, um, that's the tricky part. I remember having a conversation with a uh, minister of education many years ago and I said, look, we need land for schools. And he said, well, you know, if you uh, densified your uh, housing developments quite often, the developers will set aside land. And I said, I don't have a snow policy like you have in Victoria that says, wait 24 hours, it'll disappear. Like we have to move the snow and we have to put it somewhere. So and it's, it's, there's been crazy conversations. I've always said, never take a problem to Victoria because they're going to give you a Victoria solution mm -hmm. that never fits. So lay out the problem to them and tell them how it can be fixed. 
as I remember, uh, I think Oprah once said, make sure if you have a problem, you have a solution because that way it helps people out. Um, well, and it sounds interesting too, because we are so far North as opposed to Victoria. So it sounds like you guys, yeah, you, you knew that a Victoria solution wasn't going to fit. So you, you'd have to think about what happens here. Did you ever feel stuck in between the, the lower part of the province and our town or? Always. So, you know, something that happened relatively recent was, um, uh, one of my colleagues down uh, in the interior and another one on the island tweeted out about their health care. You know, there's there's um, ER closures and diversions happening in the 604 code and on the island. And I responded back and said, that's not news to us. Hmm. Like we have been dealing with health care um, issues for a decade. And you guys have been absolutely oblivious to it. And so now it's hitting you. And now it's news? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, this will lead to the next thing then. Um, I really admire you because you don't back down from fights. And I remember you saying once that the thing that you do when you get up in the morning, uh, the devil somewhere goes, oh, no, she's awake. Um, is that something that's always been there? Or is that something that's just that you've honed over the years? Or is that just part of your Scottish roots? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, you... Uh... Um, my mom and dad taught me that you get from your community what you give to your community and not one iota more. And so if you're going to get up and you are going to protect and promote your community, then that's how things happen as soon as your feet hit the floor. My kids called me uh, Mama Bear um, because I'll watch my cubs frolic in the, you know, in the, in the meadow and, you know, let them club each other upside the head. But God forbid the person who, who, um, puts them in danger. And that's how I uh, felt about the community. Um, you know, and, and we did um, fight hard uh, on a lot of projects. And um, I've often said that uh, I'll be uh, in a nursing home one day muttering sightsee, sightsee. <laughs> and to this day, we have the Make the Lake the Committee and the Dam the Dam Society, and we hear from them every so often. But we don't have a statutory decision maker. And so our role was to go out and protect and promote the community and make sure that that project didn't knock us off the vision of our community in the long run. It was outside of our jurisdiction. It's not in the city. So we had absolutely no say, but we got a precedent setting community measures agreement. You have a lot of things to be proud of. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to ask, are you going to miss anything? Is there, are you going to miss large things or small things walking to your office or... Actually, the, so the staff have already said that I can come back for coffee whenever okay. I want. Mm -hmm. um, so I will do exactly that. I will go and see them and visit them and have coffee with them. I think I'm going to be able to engage in the with the municipal staff in the in the role that uh, that I have, and uh, so and work to towards you know reconciliation with some of the ideas that I have for municipalities to work with First Nations communities. Um, but, you know, the only thing that Andy has said to me that he's going to miss is eating first at an event. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I am not worried about that. I once had a professor turn 50 and we said, oh, are you scared about turning 50? And she said, no, life only gets better as you go older. Um, it sounds like you're looking forward to your next chapter being, being a citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, will you go to any, 
Will you go to back to a meeting just to watch privately or will you do you think there should be some space there or will you go when it's time, I'll go back? Um, no, I think that every citizen should be at those budget meetings, but they don't show up. In fact, we used to make bets on how many people would show up and, and people would show up for the open house, um, but they didn't show up for the for the conversations. And so, yeah, I will show up because it's important for us to do that. That's that's something that we've been um, given as as residents, as citizens to vote and to um, ask questions. So I'm really going to try hard not to be an irritant. <laughs> but um, as a citizen, and I've already told them, I'm, I'm going to be engaged. I could see how that would be exciting and almost, well, not a daunting, but I, I, if, if my former teacher came back in and was a student in my class, it would be kind of exciting because mm -hmm. I could have some high-level conversations. Well, you know, one of the things that, um, that I am so pleased that we got across the, the goal line was the Community Foundation. So that actually started with the negotiation for Site C in my first term as mayor. We got that legacy benefit agreement mm -hmm. that was part of um, our negotiations. And so the other communities are benefiting from the, from the negotiations that we did. But uh, council has um, kicked that across the goal line. We did it ourselves. We did not follow the consultant's rules or recommendations that said that we should be um, adopted by another organization. I said, no, we have intelligent people in this community. We can do this ourselves. So it's done. And I stepped away from the Community Foundation as one of the appointed members of council mm -hmm. to get it um, uh, registered as a society. And then it became a charitable status and it got its um, membership with the Community Foundations of Canada. And I applied to become a board member as uh, Jane Citizen. Very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Can you talk about what the what the foundation is for those people who who have heard of it? The, so this is, can, yeah, can you go into more depth of what this amazing thing is? So the Community Foundation, uh, first of all, has got a couple of endowment funds already. Okay. One of them being uh, the cities. Um, the city contributed $3 million to an operating endowment fund to ensure that it was up and running and would be able to provide, um, you know, the services to nonprofit organizations, help with capacity building, that kind of stuff. Um, then we, um, uh, Petronas is contributing um, um, $100,000 over five years. So half a million dollars is going to go into the endowment fund. Um, also, uh, the city, once the water starts flowing over the turbine, mm -hmm. then that money will go into the, um, the community foundation into two pots. One, uh, 25% will go into the partnership agreement. Okay. And one will go into an endowment fund. Now the partnership agreement is for those organizations that we've been giving grants and aids to over the years. And... Are, they are not charitable, so they because if to get money from an endowment fund, you have to be charitable. Okay, right. Yep. So if you got um, maybe ABC Society out there providing services, they're not charitable. They can go to the partnership agreement. Okay. Fund, and for the um, for those who are charitable, they can go to the endowment fund. But keep in mind that we have two societies in town: the Arts uh, Society. And the sports, the Arts Council, Sports Council. Yep. 
And in the past, they have applied for funds for non-charitable organizations that are in those respective uh, um, types, mm -hmm. whether they're arts or whether they're um, uh, sports-oriented. It was a sports council that collected the money for the skateboard park, if you remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um any rate, so we're going to be able to play off a lot of those. We're going to be able to get funds that uh, come in. And this is a uh, a fund that will be for the betterment of the people or for the future of the people. So it's called the North Peace Community Foundation. Tagline is for the betterment of the people in such a Dene language, the beaver language. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. But if you go to the website, you can click on it and learn how to say that. That's a that's a wonderful part of it. Mm -hmm. Thanks, thank you for highlighting that part. So that okay, so that's a big project that you, that that has gone across that gone across the goal line. Um, wow, that's a great legacy. I had a question come up, um, but I'll, I'll ask another one. I apologize. Um, oh yes, okay. So you you had mentioned that this had started way back when. Mm -hmm. um, you you that's a neat project that you got to see unfold. I was going to ask how you've seen the city change in the time that you've been in office because it's it's grown in population and it's got more mm -hmm. projects and things it's gone through ups and downs um are there things that stuck with you of how it's changed over the last while um i think there's been a lot more engagement you know like when we did that let's talk site c project we got um national and an international award for the uh for the public participation and so i joined uh what's called the iap2 it's the International Association of Public Participation, and several members of staff did as well. So it's important to uh, plan and um, and create opportunities for people to engage in public participation, whether it is through, um, you know, when we're at the trade show and they can come and provide their thoughts on it. How do you collect that, uh, you know, that information from people? Uh, whether it's an online survey, how do you make sure that you're creating a, a public partic participation um, event that reaches out di to diverse uh, groups or those who are disadvantaged that can't make it to online or to an event? So it's it's been really cool. Um, our engagement has significantly increased. Um, it has been fun going to numerous events and yeah. being like, oh, hey, the city's here. I'm going to go and, talk to you guys. Right. Now. See, you go to an event and the city's there. Yeah. In the past, we used to set up at City Hall and expect you to show up, right? And I said, yeah, that's not the way this works. You need to go out there. And so um, that has changed. And people have put, the, put their thoughts in. The interesting thing is a lot of people forget that we asked for their input mm -hmm. because government on a very good day moves at the speed of sloth, right? So when people say, what are you doing this project for? And we have nothing to say about it. Actually, you did. But, you know, because we have to plan three to five years out, if you look at our capital budget, it's a five-year budget plan because that's what the province right. wants. So we are doing our engagement before we make those decisions. Well, I have to, I wanted to say thanks. You mentioned, yeah, it's uh it it does take a lot of work to organize to to meet the people where they're at as opposed to expecting them to come in. And now you say, I've, I've been to lots of the Let's Talk Port St. John events. So, mm -hmm. yeah. On that, I think you've answered this question a few different ways. My question is going to be, are there things that you wish people knew about the city? Um, one of those things is we do, we do a lot of engagement. Um, things move maybe not as fast. Um, 
there are things outside the city's jurisdiction that you still care about, but that you can't necessarily do a lot at that moment. Are there other things that you wish people knew? Like maybe they should go to, you mentioned, not that you wish people came to more meetings, but the meetings are there for them to go to. And it's a great mm -hmm. opportunity. Um, are there other things that we, sh that we might not know about the city that, that we should know? You know, I think that um, I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Um, the meetings are open. If it doesn't say closed committee of the whole or closed council meeting, those meetings are open. You can go and you can have a seat and you can listen to the deliberation of council. And it's okay to do that. Um, you know, it's it's actually interesting watching um, because when you're when you're watching it online, you don't always get the body language of the members of council when there's a delegation because maybe the camera is on the uh, on the speaker. But um, you know, I think that that's uh, I think it's it's significant. I think I mean this is democracy. It's it's the best of all the types of government. You know, really, and and people should engage. Well, I don't know if people realize how much municipal, how the municipal government is very impactful on people's lives. Sometimes we think the federal, sometimes we think the provincial, and everyone has their place, but municipal governments, they can do a lot. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, I've often said that municipal government is, I mean, it's the closest to the people. Uh, we are the ones that got hit the hardest through the, the COVID. Um, we had to follow the rules and regulations of the province. We are incorporated through an act of, uh, of, um, of, of the province, mm -hmm. and we must follow the Local Government Act, the Community Charter, and any other legislation that, uh, that impacts a project that we're doing. I remember one time people were upset because there, a project at the north end of town, I think it was when we were four-laning the north end of a hundreds up by the the college and and it was delayed well it's because there was tadpoles and then they found a fox den right you cannot do projects when these things come up so yeah it was delayed your your knowledge of how towns work mm, mm, sounded like it started like a good book already and now has become an encyclopedia uh, with that i wanted to ask what your your work before you were uh, on council and things, um, what helped you? What helped prepare you for that? Or um, did you have a favorite job before you were mayor? Uh, I think the the most recent jobs uh, prior to becoming the mayor was really interesting, and um, and so that was working at the Salvation Army mm -hmm. as their I, I was hired as their business administrator and then became their family service director, and I have no social. Uh, services education. So by the time I left there, I was burned out crispy, you know, because I, I was just not raised that way. But let me tell you, I had things organized. We had uh, taken the soup kitchen from one day a week to six days a week. We had expanded the, the food bank um, and uh, opened the first uh, staffed home um, homeless shelter. And from there, I went to SciTech North, which is Science Innovation Council of the North, and that, um, because I think I mentioned my dad was uh, um, an entrepreneur and he took his innovation from concept commercialization and walked that path of intellectual property and, and creating a business. And, 
And so my dad always would have preferred to have a drafting table in the living room than a coffee table. And so um, those two helped me to see community development at both ends of the spectrum. And um, I always volunteered. I think when I stepped into politics, I stepped away from about 10 or 12 volunteer positions. And I had already had a lot of governance experience with those volunteer positions, as well as with uh, uh, the Salvation Army and SciTech uh, North, because I was the executive director for a board of directors at SciTech North. Okay. So I was the staff, and they were that visionary part of the, the body. And so it was, uh, I think it was really beneficial. One of the things that I did as a volunteer, I was the emergency social services director. So when Hudson's Hope is evacuated to Fort St. John, um, I know what's going on there. And um, I just so appreciate the staff that do um, that emergency social services work um, immensely. And of course, Andy is still fully engaged in it. Mm -hmm. He trains for, right, he's got a couple contracts with the JI and with Holistic Emergency Preparedness. And so he is out training communities on emergency management. So it's our life. That's, well, okay, my next question, and again, you can choose to answer this or not, is something that I admire, and I don't know how you do it. Um, you, I've watched you be a very strong leader, mm -hmm. and I've watched you say lots of things to people um, who and defend your city. And I've also watched you be incredibly vulnerable mm -hmm. in front of hundreds of people. And that is an amazing thing. Um, is it tough to be vulnerable as a mayor? Yeah. Yeah, it is. De well, depending on the arena that you're in, you know, like at the community awards, for example, you know that people are there to celebrate the community, right? And so, so it's okay. But yeah, it is. Like you just, you know, when you're protecting the community, um, you just, it's a different kind of vulnerable. When you're promoting the community, it's a different kind, right? So, um, yeah, it, it is, but it's all, it's good either way. You know, there's, I mean, there's times when I left a meeting one time. Um, it's when we had our, our former city manager with, with us, Diane Hunter. <laughs> Diane and I were down in Vancouver. We left this meeting and I broke the heel on one of my shoes and we were going, we we're heading back to the hotel and. And of course, I'm walking clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. And she's singing, I shaved my legs for this. And it was just one of those things where, I, you know, that memory will always stick in my mind because you have good days and you have bad days. And, you know, you have to remember everyone has good days and everyone has bad days. But your role at that time is to protect and promote the community. Well, on a selfish note, I wanted to say thank you. I, I wanted to invite you on the show because I don't know in small moments where I've got to MC things and, and interview you, um, I hopefully everyone has seen it, but I've seen your love of the community come out and it, it's not always easy being a leader, um, mm -hmm. and having a soft side. And I know, I think you've really blessed this community by having a tough side, but also with having a soft side that you've let us seen now and then, which is, is wonderful. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, I have a few more questions. Mm -hmm. um, okay, here we are. Mm -hmm. Where do you want the city to go? Not that I'm not saying like, hey, they should do this, but you've right. started some projects. Is there anything that you'd like to see continue? Or are you like to say, you know what? The city's going and I'm excited just to sit back and see where it goes. 
I think there's some things that have been uh, put in place that uh, will uh, stay on because we've seen the value of them. For example, the public participation opportunities for people to be engaged. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to be engaged, but those who do care about the community will be. Um, I think that we do need to continue to be the energy capital of British Columbia. We need to be able to talk that talk and walk that walk. You know, when I sit on a panel down in Vancouver and they tell me how nasty my industry is and I ask them when was the last time they popped up because you can't compare the oil and gas industry to what it was 40 years ago, just like I can't compare their forestry uh, pulp and paper mills to what they were 40 years ago. Things change. Innovations change. And um, I think that uh, the approach that we've taken with building, you know, a mass timber net zero RCMP detachment, um, you know, the, the micro hydro project, as much as, you know, we're still fighting with BC Hydro about having a universal metering or net metering, whatever it is they call it. Um, you know, we need to continue to uh, walk that walk. I remember when the um, Passive House was built and I was down in Vancouver at the Passive House Canada conference thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, but I'm there on a panel and I'm talking and the guy from Vancouver who was facilitating the, the panel uh, finally said, I am really embarrassed that here we are touting ourselves as the most green community city in Canada and you have the first passive house. They hadn't even had one approved through, through their development department yet. So you, it's, it's good for us to be able to say, we support a responsible and sustainable industry, the oil and gas industry. That is, yeah. Um, okay, next. What's it going to be like the day you're in? I know that this is coming out a little bit after that day. When you, you say goodbye to council, um, and you say goodbye to the, to, to the role, will you sleep in a little bit longer? Will you, what will it be like the day after that happens? I'll get up and go to work. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Yeah. 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 I will get up and go to work. There's, um, it's interesting because I was, I was thinking about when, um, I was last interviewed by Dub and he was asking me, you know, what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to shift gears. You know, I'm going to go back into the private sector, you know, don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to miss birthdays, you know, da, 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 da. And uh, so this opportunity um, has come and I'm taking it and um, I'm really excited about it. So yeah, there will be no sleeping in, but that's perfect because I'd probably go and rearrange Andy's garage and then, you know, you just, you're not supposed to do those things, but I would anyways. Well, do you, do you sit still well? Like, do you, if someone said, Hey, Lori, you have five hours now, uh, someone canceled a meeting. Just do do what you need to do. Do do you sit still well, or will you find something to do? I'll find something to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and what excited you about this new position? Um, at, the, the, at this point, it comes out. Uh, you'll be in the position at that point for a bit. But what excited you about the new position you're about to take? Um. Well, okay. So when I was uh, when I was first approached, it was. Um, you know, the chief and council of the Blueberry River First Nations have um, really done yeoman's work, like um, to take their um, governance structure 
and reformat it so that the economic development has been pulled out. Okay. So they are focusing on governance, not on the operations. So there's no political interference in economic development. And that was important to them. And so their question was, is, Lori, would you lead this economic development arm called Blueberry River Resources? Economic development is my background. It's what I love to do. And I now have a network that would choke a horse. <laughs> and I have ideas. And I know what the municipality can do to contribute. And so it is really exciting. I am, um, you know, I've, I've, I, I've already been in so many conversations that um, to move things forward, um, building the um, bylaw and policy manual for the new company, um, looking at uh, who could uh, be there as directors for the board of directors, uh, looking at, um, you know, the logos, everything. It is from scratch. They have incorporated the business. And uh, we are going to make this thing rock and roll. And the the best part is, is everything that we do will lift the members of Blueberry River First Nations, the vulnerable, the children, everything. Like that's the intent is to ensure that uh, that the community benefits from this. So you're kind of you're still part of our community and you're still helping other communities, which is which is amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing is before I took this on, I got a call from Saskatoon. And the funny thing is, is then when we first started talking about um, IR land inside the city, we went to Saskatoon. Uh, Councillor Christensen and I went to Saskatoon. And, and um, so we sat down with the mayor at the time and said, tell us about this creature. And he explained it to us. We thought, oh, okay, well, that's totally doable. So we went through this process with Doig River First Nations, and um, what we came out with has apparently spread. And so there's some First Nations around Saskatoon that are looking at their city council saying, you know, we want um, some IR land inside the city, and this is what we want to do. And they said, okay, well, here's the service agreement. They said, no, 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 you phone Fort St. John. You need to find out how they work things out. Is it kind of neat being doing that and knowing that like the work that we do up here is kind of rippling through to go, we're, you know, people all call us a little city, but we're, is that, is, yeah, is that neat to know that you can be here and, and make ripples everywhere? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, we worked for four years with four municipalities in Peru and what? Yeah, the city did. Oh, I had no idea. That's oh, great. It was a blast. You okay. know, you, you fly into Cusco and you go south, not north to Machu Picchu. South is a completely different world. Okay. Um, it is poverty. It There is, it's just, it's completely different than going to the tourist, right? Mm -hmm. um, six to eight hours to go 240 kilometers as the crow flies. Wow. Um. Andy watched me on Google Earth one time going up and down, like, you know, watching my device, yep. my little blue dot. And he said, oh, my God. Like, and I said, yeah, they never grab third because it's all stick shift, right? They, yep. Because you're just constant switchbacks up and down and up and down. And um, a lot of the people there came out because, what do you mean there's a female mayor? Like, you sure? 
So they would come out because it was like, oh, my God, these Canadians have female mayors. <laughs> and so we met with um, with the industry there. We um, we talked to them about engaging with the industry. Right. Um, just to to work together as communities rather than you know, one-offing each other because the big ones always win. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we finished up there, um, first of all, one of the ladies became mayor. And prior to that, of about 100 and I can't remember how many villages uh, and communities, one of them was a female because no one else wanted the job in that village. Um, but also the community started working together with the industry and got a lot more projects done because they they came to the table in good faith and said, we'll support each other and let's look at what really needs to be done. So that was really significant. And so being able to see that culture really helped us to understand that, you know, our First Nations aren't a whole lot different. So why aren't we working with them like we're working in Peru? And so now... Um, now that that project is over and we've spent a lot of time working with our First Nations and being successful and blazing a trail there, I'm now working with Cambodia. So I said, I said to, the, to the organizers, I said, I'm really sorry, but I'm not running again. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to hand this over. And, and she said, not all of our volunteers are elected officials. Some of them are former mayors. And I said, Really? really? So, yeah, I'm working with Cambodia now. You don't sit that still at all. No, I do not. Um, you've mentioned it a few times in the interview. Did you, when you ran for mayor and you're running as a female mayor, mm -hmm. that, did it ever cross your mind that you might not be mayor? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, when you run the race, you, True. you run the race. race. Um, yeah. I guess I should phrase that differently. Um, did, I just want to say, I guess. I was a surprise when I, I had a, a wonderful uh, mentor of mine become uh, a high, uh, an administrative role and, and uh, she was a female. I got to sit with her in her office and she opened her first email and it said, thank you for being a woman in this role. Um, that is a neat thing. We don't have as many female mayors as we should. Uh, I want to, I want to ask, was it tough? But I, I also don't want to lead you down into a path um, that you don't want to go. Um, I think a really illuminating story is when you said that young girl said, mm -hmm. hey, a female can be a mayor. Yeah. That must be a cool legacy to leave behind. It is. And uh, to answer your question, it was bloody tough. And there was times when, um, I mean, you, you, if you remember, my first two terms was me and six guys. Yep. And I have been to um, meetings where it has been me and a room full of guys. And I've had some statements made to me during my first campaign that made me go, really? And um, so it was tough. And being elected as the first female mayor of the city. I didn't realize you were the first. Yeah, Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, but now we have the second, yes. right? So it's, um, I think that it, it, it was tough, but. I'm, I grew up with three brothers. I can throw a football better than a couple of them, right? It's, it's whether or not you limit yourself. And um, if you really, 
you want to go for something, make sure you're educated on it. Make sure you know exactly what's going on. Find a mentor and then go for it. And if you don't get it the first time, go again. You just don't give up. Well, that was, I was going to be my final question was, what advice do you have to people who might be want to jump into civil service? But I think that was a great a great roadmap that you added. Well, thank you. It's, I think it's I think it's important that uh, people should run, even if they, um, even the naysayers, they need to run because they need to understand um, what it's like to uh, to sit in that chair and make that decision. And of course, with the mayor, you may not agree with the decision the council has made, but you got to be that cheerleader. You have to be out there putting on the face and talking it up. There's a, a wonderful Shakespearean quote that says, heavy is the head that wears the crown, um, and uh, all yes. the counselors seem to wear it. So um, is, are there other things that we should touch upon, or is there anything that we've missed that you'd like to mention? You've, you've covered a, a truly huge amount. Um, you've highlighted people that I didn't know, uh, projects that, we've de- that, that the city was involved in that I had no idea, some legacy things you're, you're moving on, some advice. Um, I'm sure that you'll wake up today at three in the night and go, oh, we should have talked about this. But mm-hmm. is there anything leaping to mind that you wish people knew? Um, I think what they need to know is that, you know, we're going to be okay. Uh, what Fort St. John does in one year, most communities wish they did in 10. And when people complain to me about the community, I say, you know what, I think you, maybe you've lived here too long. Or maybe you just have never lived anywhere else. Maybe you need to go out and 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 take a look around. Um, Andy and I years ago thought about you know where do we retire? Because you know Andy's a Navy brat. He was born or he was born in Vancouver, raised on the island, and um, he he said you know that the he wants the waves crashing on the rocks in front of his house. And I said, well, Waska Sioux, Saskatchewan, sounds good to me. So we decided one time that we would seriously, you know, in one of our trips up the uh, province, um, take a look at the different communities and, and uh, you know, evaluate whether or not it's a, a place for us. And we did find the place that we would stay in. And it was just as we were cresting uh, the North Taylor Hill. Because I'm the geek that looks at the debt. Mm-hmm. looks at the investment in the roads and related infrastructure. I look at how much they're putting into, you know, amenities and um, yeah, I'll challenge you. Go find another one. Go find a better one. So one of the things, uh, one of the best things I've learned about you is when you were talking about setting up the business, um, you just love details. Like it sounds like you love like a good read of getting into the minutia and being like, okay, I understand this now. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, um, it's, it's a unique opportunity to get right into it and build something and bounce it off the board. Is it, am I on the right tracks? Let's, you know, keep building. And, and, uh, so it's, yeah, I, I love it, but I can also switch gears and be on the governance side of things and step away from it. Just look in, nose in, fingers out. That's it. That's a good way of saying it too. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. This has been, yeah, it's always, I will miss because when I see things, I won't be able to say her, her worship, uh, Mayor Ackerman, but I know I'll also be excited because most of the events will be there. You will be there just because you love Fort St. John. So. Absolutely. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And thank you for watching at home as well. This has been a great uh, interview. We'll have another episode soon, but 
Good night. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.